Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Well, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. This is uh, the weekend before Christmas Day, and uh, we're hoping that you have all your Christmas shopping done. And more than anything else, we hope that you've included the Lord Jesus Christ as a priority for this Christmas season. Again, here on Exploring Missions, we're always looking for opportunities to let you know how you, as a follower of Christ, can be involved in the greatest work in all the world, and that's carrying out the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. Our co-host is Nathan Harper. Merry Christmas, Nathan. Merry Christmas to you. And uh, we hope that everything's going good for you. And we have a guest today that we're excited about. And uh, he, you're you're familiar with him because of the radio network. And it's J.J. Jasper. J.J., welcome. Oh, it's good to be here. Jesus is the reason for the season, and wise men still seek him. You need to put that on posters. <laughs> <laughs> At least a bumper sticker. Yeah, a bumper sticker. <laughs> okay. It is great. Listen, I love Christmas season. It's a uh, season. I, I, I get into it very quickly. And uh, I'm the song they say, wish Chris, Christmas could be every day. Uh, that's I, you. That's me. And uh, I love it and enjoy it. But it's good to have you, brother. Thank you. And what we want to talk about today in missions is missions as an overall thing. But specifically, uh, you have been on some trips to deliver gifts from Operation Christmas Child. Samaritan's Purse started this ministry, uh, Franklin Graham, years ago. And I have been in many, many churches in the last six years as I've gone representing AFR, and I have not found a church yet that does not participate in Operation Christmas Child. It goes across all denominations, all sizes of churches. It does not matter. It really is making a difference in the kingdom of God. You're exactly right, Brother Burt. And thinking about missions, I'm so thankful that you've got this program today because I'm passionate about missions. Someone said the mark of a great church is not its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. It's our duty and privilege to share the gospel with our next-door neighbor and our neighbors around the world. And Amy Carmichael, a missionary to India, she said, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. They go hand in hand. They really do. And uh, you get right with God, and it's going to get reach into your pocketbook. You know, it really is something's going to give. And you do have those that send, but you have those that go long term, and you have those that go for short terms, but everybody ought to go. What we talk about, Nathan's talked about it, and he's even given the man's name that first thing you need to get ready to be a, be on call for God is get your passport. Yeah, always be prepared, so have your passport, passport ready, ready in case God sends you somewhere. I like that. Well, I was a little bit late to the party. I had so many friends over the years, and they would get so excited because they would go to uh, Honduras or they'd go to Haiti, and they'd come back, and, and I would hear and sort of uh, 
I would I would be going vicariously through them because I would sponsor them financially, and the missionary would come on Wednesday night to church. I'd see the slides, and I think that is just fascinating. And I guess in the back of my mind, I thought I'm going to do that someday. But you know that someday, or I'll get around to it. You know, unless you just put it on the calendar and and go with a short term mission trip at your church, those kinds of things really you have to be intentional. So I was. Brother Bird, I was in my 40s, Nathan, before I finally went to South America, and boy, it was life-changing, not just for those that heard the gospel, but it changes you in a radical way. And since then, I've been to the Dominican Republic twice, I've been to India, Bangladesh, uh, Bogota, Colombia, El Salvador with Compassion International, and I encourage everyone listening, please, you owe it to yourself to go on a short-term mission trip. It will change your life. Uh, Nathan and I had the privilege of serving together at a church, and I was the senior pastor, and he was family and, and missional director. And what we did was, ours is Nicaragua. We decided our church would adopt a country and invest in it on mission trips year after year. And with my giftedness, I would go down there and I would work with pastors and uh, I would try to help them in developing messages and teaching, just having the Bible. Now here, I've got all kinds of things on the internet. I've got my library is book after book, but how to do it just with the Bible. And I would do that and I enjoyed it. And then Nathan would follow up a few months later and he would take them through how to do small groups and discipleships, how to multiply and, and it was such a rewarding thing because I would go and then Nathan would go and we would compare about this pastor, where he was, what he had done, and then we'd go back the next year, find out where they were and what they had done at their church. And listen, just going one time is, is great, but if you could go and return to the same people to see what God's doing, mm. it will really, really encourage you. Making disciples. It I mean, really you, is. You guys were really about making disciples for the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ, not just planting seeds. Well, I encourage people to take a journal with you because your first time to go on a, a short-term mission trip out of the country, which it's wonderful to do things here in the States with people like Eight Days of Hope and other groups. But when you go out of the country, there's so much that happens. It's sensory overload. You're going through customs. You're seeing another flag fluttering. You're seeing armed guards. You're driving down little roads, and you see you see skinned animals hanging from a little marketplace. And you're like, I could where go, am I? I could go my whole life and never see any of the ladies carrying big bundles on their head, bundles of sticks or big water pots. And it's like I feel like I've been transported back into the Old Testament of the Bible to see all of this. So it's sensory overload. But you'll get to share the gospel, and it'll change the people there in a very practical way and for all eternity, but you'll be changed. You'll Amen. come back, and you'll want to just kiss the ground, and you'll be so thankful for our roads and our water. And America's not a perfect country, but we have a lot to be thankful for. And one of the quickest ways to, to, to be grateful is to go and see how other people live in third-world countries. Nathan, I would say if you go on one of those trips and you're not touched— and you come back unchanged, you probably need to get right with God, probably get saved. Uh, and that's a strong statement. But I, I believe it with all my—I don't see how you could go and see it. I remember one of my sons went on a mission trip, not Nathan on this one, and he was talking about it, it was a Central American country, and he said, how many children can you get on a, on a truck in, in this country? And they said, always one more. 
<laughs> and, and and you see you see that and and you look at that and your heart if your heart does not break in one of the places we went we got to go to this place where they feed the kill children that's right next to the city dump and what the children did they would go through the dump looking for plastic and when they found plastic glass uh, cups or anything they would do it and they a ministry found out that they could get this chicken processing plant and uh, they didn't use the heads or the feet. And so they would donate the heads and the feet. And so some of us who were there on the short term spent our time uh, using pliers to cut off the beaks and, and the nails on the feet. And then they would put that in the soup. And when a child came up, if they got a head, I know this is graphic, or a foot, they thought they had hit the jackpot. Mm. If that does not break your heart and get you ready, and in this Christmas season, I want you to know you're opening gifts, uh, you're sharing, you're getting all these neat things, and there's children in the world that get excited about getting a chicken foot in their soup. That is the comparison, and that's why we're talking about that's why we, we believe in Operation Christmas Child and whatever time you're hearing this now and you've probably already participated, but that means you can get ready for next year, doesn't Absolutely. it, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. I want to mention you invited me to talk about Operation Christmas Child, and I, I want to uh, share about, about them as well, but just talking about what you see that causes you to take things uh, in perspective and realize uh, it humbles you, the, your, your gratitude just comes in, in such waves but I went to India, and when we left the, the busy uh, airport, as soon as we were a block from the airport, it was chaotic. The traffic, there were re- no real lanes to go by, so there was just a just a madhouse. And you would see a Mercedes literally next to, I saw oxen with a wooden cart. Mm. And everybody on scooters honking, and it, the smog was thick, hanging in the air. And I looked over, you know, to see these little small cars a few Mercedes, uh, you see some of the sacred cows that they say wandering through the traffic, and then I looked over and I saw a man riding on an elephant. I saw all this 10 minutes from leaving the, <laughs> the, the airport, but then it started to rain, and in all of this traffic, we came up to a, it was started to get dark, we came up to a, a, a stop sign or something, and we looked, and right there, walking right in front of our car with with about five lanes of traffic, was a girl who was about four years old, and she had her little tattered dress hanging off of one shoulder, and uh, she was so dirty, it just started to rain, so the, the mud was streaked on her, and she had her little baby brother, I assume, had about a one-and-a-half-year-old on her hip, and they were both crying, walking through the traffic, and as a parent, you think, oh, my word, where are your parents? And, and you think, what is a three- or four-year-old girl, probably four years old, walking in that traffic and got her little brother? But you don't know if her parents had just died. You don't know in that part of the country with trafficking and all of the things. So it just makes you, when you go on a mission trip, you want to gather up all those little ones and just take them home, especially if you, like you say, if you unless you have a heart of stone, you just, you just want to you know, bring them home. With, well, in Operation Christmas Child, what? gives the opportunity is packing that shoebox, praying over that shoebox, include your children or grandchildren in packing it and praying about the child. And Nathan, they can, tra- they can follow that, K- 
can't they, to the child yeah. or the nation it yeah, goes to? They've developed ways you can uh, online, you can track your your shoebox and see what country it goes to um, and see, you know, kind of who, who might get that and receive that as a gift. And even like my daughter did this one time and it led to a pen pal relationship with, to a, with a little girl over in the Ukraine who wow. received her shoebox and then would write her a letter and tell her thank you and and they would write, they would you know swap letters for a period of time. So that not only blesses that child, but it blesses your own child too. Yeah, definitely. Well, we all love Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child. But I was invited, as you mentioned, to go to a distribution. So many people pack shoeboxes. Please continue to do that. But I was actually there on the front lines, had the front seat to hand the little children the shoebox and see the look on their faces when. They say most of the children, most, have never received a gift of any kind in their life in these third world countries. Not a birthday present, not a Christmas gift like people are are getting here over the next few days. And so we went to the Dominican Republic, pass out the, the boxes, and then they had them hold them on their laps and, and to not open them yet. And then they had a little skit and they sang a few songs and they shared the gospel in a very clear way. You had a an interpreter uh, speaking on behalf of the person that was speaking in English, and it was it was so good to see the gospel shared. And then they they have a countdown in Spanish, and then they tear those lids off. Well, I stood back by some boys that were maybe eight or nine years old, and I wanted to, you know, they they said filter throughout the crowd, and so these kids, the lids came off, and they just were squealing. There's just a roar of laughter and and delight, and as the kids were squealing, but something with the little boy right next to me, as soon as he opened his box there were toys and things but the first thing that he grabbed was a washcloth and he grabbed this washcloth and he started rubbing it on his cheek and one of the little boys beside him tried to snatch it away and when he grabbed it he grabbed it right back like you're not getting this and he clutched it to his chest and he had yo-yo different toys but he didn't want the toy he was holding the washcloth like wow i've got my own washcloth and i thought okay we take things for granted and my daughter and i we were in bogota colombia uh, just last year, and the same thing, right where she was, this little child pulled out a tube of toothpaste and started waving it in the air and chattering in Spanish real excitedly, and they said, now, if you ever want to talk to one, get one of these interpreters to come over. And she said, what, what's he he's so excited about? She said, well, he's heard about toothpaste, and but nobody, his family's never had a tube, and he's never had a tube, and he's got his very own tube of toothpaste. So please put toys in those boxes and school supplies and some of those things, but don't don't discount what God can do with with something simple like a washcloth or a tube of toothpaste. I was there and saw it with my own eyes. Amen. Well, missions is a part of it. So when you're packing or you have packed that shoebox, when you gave that money to put into the shoebox that helps process it, or you may have called in uh, when we were going through the process of promoting Operation Christmas Child here at the network. You may have given every bit of it. Every bit of it is a part of mission. And don't forget this. Let me show this. And I know I want you to share some thoughts that you've had about just mission work itself uh, in, a, in a moment, J.J. But there may be a child in your neighborhood that father may be imprisoned. Uh, there may be one that has lost their job, and it may not be a shoebox, but it may be something that you could carry over to there and just share with them. Don't look so far around the world that you don't miss the people around you. 
and uh, let's, that's that's part of it. Good too. word. With these angel trees and yeah, all of these different ways exactly. that you can adopt a family. Because part of our introduction is across the street or around the world. And literally, sometimes we can get so excited about going. We, and I include myself in that, excited about going to a foreign country, and we forget those around us. Guilty as charged. Let's try to improve in that. J.J., I know you did some thoughts on, on bringing uh, about Operation Christmas Child, but missions as a whole is important, isn't it? I'm all in. I love missions, and I've mentioned some of those trips that I've been on. Hope to go to more. My daughter, Maddie, uh, just this fall uh, went to Nicaragua. She's been with me to the Dominican Republic. She went with me with uh, Operation Christmas Child to Bogota, Colombia, and uh, it's just it, it's life-changing, folks. And so uh, last year I wrote a book, Jonah Had a Whale of a Time, Random True Stories to Encourage and Inspire, and most of the stories are funny, but I thought I, I really need to say something about these mission trips so I ended the book on a serious note, and it's titled, the very last chapter is titled Missions. And I conclude that chapter with 10 reasons you should go on a mission trip. Can I, can I share that? Well, I, we sure. want to hear it, brother. And, and Take it away. appropriate that you're talking about Jonah, you know, hey. which, you know <laughs> Jonah being the reluctant missionary. That's right, so to go to Nineveh. Are. Yeah, well, these were 10 reasons that I wanted to encourage people to go on a short-term mission trip. Here are the reasons. Number one, we're commanded to go. Number two, you share the love of Jesus and people respond. Their lives are changed in practical ways and for all eternity, and you played a part. Number three, it will change your life. You'll get out of your rut and routine, and you'll be stretched as you're ministering out of your comfort zone. Number four, you'll experience a freshness in your relationship with the Lord because you're being forced to rely on him more far away from home in a foreign country. Number five, you get a heightened sense of gratitude that will remain with you for the rest of your life. I'm convinced that every whiny, spoiled American teenager needs to travel to a third world country, if only for a change in perspective. And all God's people said, <laughs> amen. amen. <laughs> Number six, you get to be a part of a team. Those team members who serve together bond in a very special way and make lasting memories. Number seven, you learn to be flexible. There are sometimes flight delays or cancellations in third world countries. You guys know this. Electricity is expected but not guaranteed. Intermittent power outages are common. Hot water for showers is always hoped for but also never guaranteed. (laughs) Number eight, you'll want to keep a journal because you can't process it all. It's sensory overload. You'll want to record your first impressions and the lessons God taught you. Number nine, why you listening right now should go on a a mission trip in 2018, you become more patriotic. There's an excitement when you return, go through customs, and see the American flag. Sometimes it takes being in a foreign country to truly appreciate how great America is and how beautiful our flag is. In the U.S., we sometimes take for granted our roads, schools, clean drinking water, and the clean air we breathe. You can see the contrast when you travel abroad, and you realize that even though we're not perfect, we have so much to be thankful for in America. And last but not least on this list of 10 reasons why you should go on a mission trip, you're not getting any younger. (laughs) You owe it to yourself to go during your lifetime. Go this year. You can thank me later for nudging you toward missions. And then I conclude the chapter with some words from John Piper. He said it best with these simple words regarding missions. Go, send, 
or disobey. Wow. JJ, uh, thank you, man. That's powerful. And that's in the book, Jonah. Jonah had a whale well of, a of a time. Random true stories to encourage and inspire. Well, okay. Tell folks where, because they, they've heard it and they know your sense of humor. Tell folks where they might get that. Probably the best place, jjjasper.com. jjjasper.com. Most of the stories are just for fun, to entertain, and for you to laugh. But I couldn't couldn't leave the book without saying some things about how wonderful and how powerful it is to go on a mission trip, just like Nathan's heart and your heart. And a lot of people have heard about it, and they've heard from their friends who returned from El Salvador or Haiti or Honduras, but it's not quite like you going yourself and you can do this. Even if you're afraid to fly on an airplane or you know you'll be outside of your comfort zone, you'll be closer to the Lord than you thought possible, and it's life-changing. This is Christmas time. You know what would be a good Christmas gift for a parent to give to their teenager? Finances to go on a mission trip. Now, what you'd need to do, they would need to have some discipleship before they get there. They really need that, and usually they do. A lot of these, before they go on a mission trip, they have to write some things and write out their testimony. And and, and, because kids, most kids love to travel and experience a different culture. So that would be a fantastic christmas gift for someone and so our guest today is jj jasper he's a radio personality here at american family radio and you've been with american family radio for how long jj since day one summer of 1991 uh little known fact when they flipped the switch on on the first day on the first morning i was the guy that said good morning you were the guy so i hope i'm and some of me around for a mascot some of us were listening (laughs) and uh, you know i've been around i've I tell folks I've been listening to J.J. for all these 30 years on my way to work. If it was at church and now I'm at AFA, uh, still have you on, man. Well, and, and I'm waiting for that humor. I, I do. I enjoy the songs, but I enjoy hearing that as your list or whatever there right, is. I, right. I just appreciate it, J.J. Well, it's a treat to sit next to Nathan because I, I watched him grow up, not quite like you did, but I remember when he was just in elementary school and Brother Bert, you hear this from so many, but I just want to echo what our what our listeners say and people that you meet traveling around the country. Uh, you are a, a man of character and integrity, godly man. Love to hear you guys uh, preach the word in the afternoon. And uh, thank you for your testimony and for the life well lived. You and Jan and your entire family, the way you've glorified God is a, is a real testimony. Well, I appreciate that. But I, I just want to say, Nathan... Tell the people, this is Christmas, so we have a little levity here as far as humor. The first time you remember J.J. <laughs> now, you talked about remembering us. Right, and knowing, right. But Nathan's got a story about you, brother. Yeah, I remember the first time I met J.J. I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, went to a, a local summer camp for a week, and uh, J.J. was one of the speakers for one night. And I don't remember much of what J.J. said that night. <laughs> Very few but, folks remember what preachers but, say. But when you meet J.J., you just remember, remember him. And at that time, he was—and I'm not saying he's in bad shape now. He, <laughs> he could probably lick me with one hand behind his back. But he was, he was muscle-bound. We'll just put it, look, it that looked way. looked like Rambo. Yeah, he, he really did. And so— you know, the most impressive thing for a sixth-grade boy at that time, I think, was was muscles, you know. And so J.J. would stand at the door as us boys were filing out of the room, and he'd, he'd make his muscle, and we'd, he'd let us punch his, 
his muscle on his arm as hard as we could, you know. And we'd all leave shaking our hands because it would hurt our hands. And I don't know if you remember this. You'd come back talking like John Wayne. Okay. Yeah, JJ, you you'd do imitate do John of, Wayne <laughs> imitation, and so Nathan came back. I, I remember him. Well, I'll tell you why. Huh? That's <laughs> it. And he'd come back imitating John Wayne for his voice, and JJ for his flexing his muscles. So you oh, had a, you've good. had an influence on the Harper family for a well, long time, brother. You guys have had an influence on our entire region, and I'm so thankful now that you're on the radio, crisscrossing the country, and people can hear your heart and. And I love how you and your co-host uh, just unpack the word each weekday, and that's that's changing people. We need the word. Amen. Exploring the word is the program, and really exploring missions is kind of a spinoff. How that came about, Nathan is the one that thought of it. He said, Dad, uh, you ought to once or twice a month uh, just concentrate on missions. And because we were halfway doing that, because you don't go Scripture by Scripture without talking about missions— but he said we could do that purposefully. So I came and shared it with our our, our manager, uh, Jim Stanley, about it. And he said, well, we're looking for a 30-minute program on the weekend. How about in place of making it a part of exploring the Word, let's make it a program on its own. And I I had didn't have enough sense to call it Exploring Missions. And so sometimes after I do Exploring Missions and then I run to Exploring the Word, I'll get the names interchanged because my brain. <laughs> but Nathan— he was you. You had that vision and you had that knowledge of knowing people needed to hear about it, yes. didn't you? Well, I just you know it's like you said it, it's throughout God's word and you know that God has a a redemptive global mission that He is on and He's calling us to join Him on. And you can't read through Scripture very far without seeing God's heart for the nations. And uh, you know we're to be on mission with Him in that. Uh, but I think this show is a hopefully. A, a good attempt to help equip people to uh, make that next step, whatever that might be. You know, it's Christmas time, the incarnation. Listen, Christmas and and Jesus' birth is missional. The yeah. ultimate it, yeah, mission. Yeah, it was the ultimate mission. Is the greatest rescue mission of all time is Jesus becoming flesh and dwelling among us. That's what he did. He's done that for you. If you're listening today and you don't have this relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior, you're missing out. You're just accidentally tuned into this program, and uh, you just stayed tuned because that's probably the Holy Spirit drawing you, and you don't know anything about this. It's a relationship with Jesus where he came and he was born into this world God took upon flesh, lived a perfect life, would go to the cross and become our sacrifice. Three days later, he would rise from the grave to present himself to the Father alive. That who was dead, he is alive at the right hand of the Father. And God is calling you to place your faith in him after you turn from your way and say, God, I'm lost. I can't save myself. I desperately need you. Jesus Christ is ready, guys. Mm. He wants to have that relationship with us. That that's amazing that God, the infinite God, would want to have a personal relationship with every human being on earth. And I'm glad you're saying relationship, not religion, because people say, Oh, I'm a, a member of this denomination or I'm my family is goes to this church. It's not religion per se, it's a relationship. And just as Brother Bert said, I hope that right now listening that you would realize your need for God repent of your sins, and receive Jesus Christ into your heart and life by faith. Amen. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. 
Nathan, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. JJ, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This has been an honor and a treat. Thanks for including me. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions here on the American Family Network. We hope you have the greatest Christmas ever. And remember, God loves you. He's got a wonderful plan for your life. And when you follow him, it's the greatest adventure in all the world. 